guy getting ready to fight Tyson Fury? Bro, Nganu Garab. What a surprise, eh? Boxing matches are rigged? Who knew? Man, <laughs> man everything in the world is fucking rigged. Like, I, I sound like an old head, but like, man, nothing's authentic anymore. There's too much money. There's too much betting involved. Too many, like, sports books are on the line. Like, you watch something and you're like, that's a goal, right? And then you see these crazy non-parallel lines and you're like, it's offside. It's like, no, it's a goal. Like, like anyone with their right mind can see it's a goal. Yeah, man. Welcome. Oh, I'm glad you finally realized it. Bro, even the Nuggets championship. No, it's not rigged. Rigged. That's not rigged. No asterisk here. As pure of a championship as you can get. Played the best team in the East. They wanted the Lakers to get swept because all the LA fanboys had money on them. So Vegas wins. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. And on the line, looking a little hazy, but out of the doghouse, Josh Cohen, how you doing? Feeling fine. It's been a very interesting start to the season. A lot of different storylines. Looking forward to talking to you guys for the first time in a while about all the goings-on in the NBA. Oh, wow, what a summary. Wow. The banger in the paint, a residential medical expert. Can you just feel like give me give me your honest opinion? If you watch eighty two game forty one games of that Indiana Pacers play in court, how detrimental is that to your eyes? I I don't even think my eyes have uh, recovered, and and we're talking about the in season tournament. I think you know when you get those highlighter packs as a kid, it's like you <laughs> took the highlighter yellow and the highlighter blue, and you just drew three lines across, and that's what the court was. It was atrocious. My eyes will never recover. Dude, I uh do any do you guys like any of these courts? Like any of these play or uh, not playing in season tournament courts? Cause they're just like they're brutal to look at, right? I mean, at least it makes a point of, you know, you know what you're getting into here. It's not a normal game. <laughs> right here, oh, these my. are the colors. This is Indiana. <laughs> sure. Uh, yes. It, I mean, it doesn't, like, signify it, but damn, man, those those things are rough. I was, like, I played ball the next morning, and I heard, you know, I was, like, shitting on it all night. And then I heard these two guys talking about how much they love the courts. Like, what, what the hell were you watching last night? How is that possible? You know what they should have done? And it probably would have been just better appreciated. Release signature jerseys. Instead of having, like, 12 jerseys per year, have, like... A home and away, an alternate, and then an in-season jersey, which is like a really unique jersey. Every year you can make it super different. You can make the colors different. Keep the court the same color. I don't want to pretend like I'm watching like this futuristic game in the year 2300. Like it was hard to watch. You couldn't even see the ball half the time. Um, and then some courts, it looked okay. Like Milwaukee, like a cream color, like I can live with. Highlighter yellow and, uh, and blue, please. Like it's hard enough watching indie sometimes. I think the the court that was the worst was Chicago's. I think it was Chicago, right? Yeah. That played that day. Yeah, like the red court. Yeah. And the other problem was like watching Indiana's game. Like I watched the first game, the court was like super slippery. There's a lot of players that are slipping all over the court. So you just tell like that the hardwood has never been used before, I guess, and it just 
soaked up moisture and the players were slipping all over the place in the first couple quarters. It was very dangerous. Yeah, there were uh, stories of Denver's like Denver's court not having the correct uh, measurements for the three-point line as well. So they had to like repaint the lines. <laughs> Come on, man. High school threes. <laughs> Come on. I do like that idea of having like specific jerseys for the in-season tournament though. That's actually that's a good idea. And if we can bring... They should use the vintage jerseys, like the very first jersey that they've ever used in that franchise's history. That'd be cool. Bring those yeah, back. but those yeah. are already like in circulation, though. Like A lot of teams still use throwbacks. The Grizzlies use their throwbacks all the time. Not all the time, but like once or twice a year. And, you know, I Nike got to get that jersey money. A lot don't do that, though. I think that's a good way of, you know, creating a new revenue stream is bringing those jerseys back. Because a lot of those jerseys are really cool too, right? Yeah. So. Especially with vintage jerseys and vintage gear being such the trend nowadays. Like, I think it could be a, a good way that, oh, wow, like you're watching them play in their 95 jersey, the Raptors inaugural season. Like, you know they're playing an in-season tournament game. Um, and another thing too is like, you can make the courts look a little different. Like you can put an old logo at the center court or like put the old logo inside the paint. So when you're looking at a replay, you like know that, oh, wait, this is the court that they had from 95. Like, why do they have like, do they have investments in colored hardwood? Like, <laughs> I, I just I honestly like the way they're marketing with like uh, their league, they're definitely losing a lot of the older fans. And I don't even think they're winning over a lot of the younger fans. Cause some of this stuff's just uncool. No, I, kids watch stuff on like highlights anyways. How many kids actually watch games anymore? You know, I hope some of them do. Cause kids have short attention spans, but honestly, in the first night, most of the games were spectacular, so I don't know if that's because of the tournament or because it's just a night where a bunch of competitive teams were playing each other, but every single game was, pre- was pretty close besides the Washington game, I believe. Surprise, surprise, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, so what are we, like a week in? Two weeks? week and a half? Two weeks two into weeks. the season? Uh, a lot's happened. A lot has also not happened, like, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies winning games. That, that hasn't happened a lot. But the uh, the Washington Wizards, you know, coming across a win. So why don't you guys give me, you know, something that's piqued your interest, a team that's, like, stood out to you, a player. If you want to talk about Victor Wimbenyama just destroying the league and reminding people that he's, like, you know, nine feet tall with, like, a 13-foot wingspan, feel free. Um, Raj, give me something, give me something good. For me, there's two storylines and they both come out of the East, but I'm going to pick on one. The Milwaukee Bucks defense is just atrocious. And of course, coming in with Dame this year, like there was going to be an adjustment period, losing Drew Holiday, giving up a few pieces that really worked well um, with their team historically with Grayson Allen actually being a, a pretty valuable piece overall with how they played. But like... Dame in the backcourt is, I I don't know if it's Dame or if it's an effort or a system that Adrian Griffin is trying to play, but they are giving up pretty much everything. Like behind the three-point line, inside the paint, transition defense is bad. Um, Other teams that are playing them are just getting whatever shot they'd like. And you know what? This actually puts up a lot of, I guess, interesting arguments about was Dame really doing enough on the defensive end in Portland? Of course, he was never going to become a defensive ball stopper, but 
maybe Portland was limited in a sense that, yes, they could score a lot of points when he was a trailblazer, but they were just leaking points because their defensive backcourt with him and McCollum, him and Alfred Simons was, again, like uh, very porous to say the least. And honestly, I don't see the Bucks going far this year. Like, I think if they run into a like even a somewhat challenging matchup in the first round, at most second round, I could see them being knocked out. I mean, you can say that right now for sure, but I think a lot of this depends on Chris Middleton and how he comes back this season. He's only been playing 16 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game, whatever it is now after the last game. And the Bucks completely changed their defensive scheme two games ago, going back to the drop defense. And then as soon as they did that, Brooke Lopez had seven blocks and the Bucks won. So, you know, they had discussed um, with the players, obviously Adrian Griffin was trying to install something that just wasn't manageable with the player personnel that they had. And the players said they were more comfortable with going back to the drop defense and it immediately worked. And the last couple of games, they've been a little bit better. So the bigger problem, obviously, is personnel-wise. Like, you can't have Malik Beasley starting as your, your two-guard when you have Damian Lillard in the backcourt. So I think they're going to have to upgrade that spot, obviously. They sort of have to make, like, a Golden State-type trade when they traded Wiseman for Gary Payton. They just need, like, a Gary Payton type of player, right? They just need a guy that can eat up minutes, um, be a guy that can be an irritant on defense, and then hit a couple shots every once in a while. They don't need a guy like Malik Beasley who's completely playing out of his player profile in that he's just a shooter that comes off screens and puts up points. And now he's being asked to be like the stopper on defense, which never made any sense. So they either need Bochamp to really step up or they need to make a trade soon. Yeah, I thought they were so high on Marjan. What happened there? Like, I mean, he has glimpses of, uh, you know, I don't want to say stardom, but like, you know, glimpses of him being a really productive role player. And then most of the games sort of just not around, not there, not given the opportunity, not given enough time. Yeah, I think with, uh, you know, younger players, like you're seeing this in Houston right now, like Houston has a ton of young players and none of them are playing off the bench because Yudoka's going with like eight guys right now that he trusts. And I think right now Griffin's trying to figure out who he trusts, especially off the bench. Crowder's been one of those guys, but he's been hit or miss like always with him. Usually Playoff performer. Sorry. Yeah, performer. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, Portis has gotten off to a pretty rocky start so far as well. So, um, yeah, the Bucks definitely need to figure something out. But the problem is they don't have a lot of assets anymore. Now they made all these trades. They have some second-round picks, I guess. And, you know, with the new rules as well, it's hard to uh, match salary based on them being over the salary cap. Um, so they're going to have to get creative. And, uh like you said, Raj, maybe they just are a second round and out team if if that. Ooh, the, the like of course Dame can hit shots and really kind of allows Giannis a little more space than Drew did. But like if I look at this team compared to last year's team, I actually think if you ran the season a hundred times, the team with Drew probably does overall in the regular season a little better. And I think even in the playoffs, does just as well. Because he's a menace on defense. He really gives you like an elite perimeter defense. And then you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez. You do have some additional scoring with Middleton. Brooke Lopez is there to space the floor. Like You have a lot more weapons. I feel with Dame and Giannis, like, of course, 
two dominant players, two of the best offensive players um, in the league. And obviously Giannis's defense is incredible, but like, I, I just think the secondary pieces, they're just not good enough to make a deep run in the playoffs, especially considering what's happening in the East with uh, the other team that I didn't have a chance to talk about, but I'm sure we'll talk about tons this season. I will say I am looking forward to seeing what Raj's opinion on them is in about two weeks' time because their next few opponents, Detroit, Indiana, Orlando, Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, and then Dallas, Washington. So you got some Washingtons in there. they got two games against Washington coming up. So I think their record is going to be changing in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see if Raj's tune also changes at that time. No, I, I, I saw what I needed to see from them. I, I Again... It's still early though, right? Like they haven't even figured out the uh, Giannis Dame pick and roll thing yet. They barely even run that play, which is very odd. So they have a lot of stuff to figure out. It's early in the season, so things will probably definitely change. I'm I'm more shocked at Raj saying that Dame is the reason that the Trailblazers never went far in the in the West. No, no, I'm not saying that <laughs> he's the reason. He obviously carried that team. Like he was the reason they made it wherever they did in the playoffs or good regular season runs but like i i think there just wasn't enough emphasis on obviously what he bring brings offensively no one doubts that it's just how limited of a defender he is and there's even been some questions about effort on defense like early on the season with the bucks like i i think he's just letting people blow by him um and again uh, of course he's an offensive player but I think probably people need to look a little more and say, hey, Dame, like if you want to be the guy, you got to just put up a little better effort on defense. This is so old, though. 33-year-old point guard. Smaller guy. I mean, it kind of makes sense that he's not able to like to keep up with a lot of players now, right? Especially like these younger, faster point guards. Like imagine him trying to keep up with Tyrese Maxey or Malik Beasley trying to keep up with Maxey. It's going to be impossible. That's why they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, New York put him in every single pick and roll, and Brunson scored 45. So, <laughs> that too. And Brunson's not even fast. He's crafty. Is, he's quick. He's quick. He's crafty. He's got, he's got like, he's explosive, but he's not fast. No. Imagine him trying to run with a like Dennis Schroeder. Woo! Huh. Goodbye. Imagine him running with Drew. The MVP. The MVP. <laughs> oh, my apologies. <laughs> Uh, right, Peter. Unrelated to Damian Lillard, though, um, apparently that game with the Raptors game where they were in San Antonio basically had the, the FIBA comeback. World. Yes, the Scotty Barnes comeback had the FIBA World Cup MVP versus the the phenom of Victor Webanyama aired across 132 countries. Imagine that 132 countries having to watch the Raptors play. Peter, you sound like a robot. I <laughs> know, Peter. Your internet's bugging out. It is. I'm sorry. Did you get any of that? Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> 132 <laughs> countries. <laughs> oh, my God. This internet. Around the world. Around the world. I, Peter's, <laughs> is this image stuck for you, too? Yeah. I, I like just. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Now it's back. Oh, there we go. Man. This is the second nice. time it cut out too. All right, Josh, give me give me something nice here. What do you got for us? Uh, well, I gotta talk about the team that I picked to be the first seed in the West last year. 
and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> Shout out, Josh. Oh, my goodness. I had a feeling you were going to go here. All right, go on. Sing your praises. I mean, they are ranked first in defense right now. Rudy Gobert doesn't look like a corpse like he did last year, which is a good sign. Jaden McDaniels, since coming back from injury, has played very, very well, and he shut literally everyone down yesterday in the game against Boston. And they're one of those teams that they have so many good defensive wings that if they're going against a team like Boston, they actually have a shot every single night. And they're the only team so far that's beaten both Denver and Boston, the favorites in both conferences. So I think Minnesota's gotten off to a nice start, and that's despite Carl Anthony Towns shooting like 10% on the year so far and looking terrible yesterday and you know committing fouls that he shouldn't, like usual. <laughs> And complaining about them like he shouldn't, as usual. Um, so, you know, Minnesota, they look like a good team so far and with good continuity. And it's always good to have Mike Conley at the at the helm, obviously, running things. And Anthony Edwards is currently making the leap. So I think I see good things in their future. Yo, though, though hold on, Raj, before you go. That play where Carl uh, Anthony Towns fouled Jason Tatum on that jumper for his sixth foul, it was like... At the elbow. It wasn't even close to the wrist, not the hand. Like, legitimately at his elbow. <laughs> and he, like... Man. Carl Anthony Towns might be, like, one of the most frustrating players to watch. Just because you're like, what Like, what are you complaining about, dog? Just let it go. Sometimes you commit See, a foul. Just It is what it is. In those scenarios, the referee should force the player to come with them to the scores table. <laughs> and like, all right. Do you really think you didn't commit this foul? I'll bet you an extra you did. foul. And if you're wrong, you're you get kicked out of the next game. No, you're no, suspended no. for a game and you lose a million <laughs> you know, dollars. Raj, he's, a, he's, he's proposing a red card. <laughs> yeah, two for one. Yeah, oh, exactly. Violent conduct. Too much, man. <laughs> it should be like that, honestly. Oh my god. Like Luca's already gotten two technicals in six games. Like what half are you the doing league here? won't play yeah. any of the games, man. <laughs> You're not going to have a rest problem anymore because none of them will play. <laughs> exactly. They have a player problem. Yeah, players will adjust them by next year. They're not going to complain oh anymore. So we have to see all this nonsense happening all the time. You know who surprisingly doesn't complain is Kawhi. The guy, whenever well, there's like a foul called on him, he's just like, whatever. He just walks away. But no, he gives a face. He's like, right? Yeah, and and then he, he like, looks around, but then it just continues. Yeah, he doesn't actually yell at the rest. He's just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay. But anyways, yes, the Minnesota Timberwolves surprisingly good this year, and Rudy Gobert is actually looking like spry. Uh, uh, you know, aside from getting posted by Jason T- or uh, by Jalen Brown with that vicious, vicious dunk. Uh, yeah, Gobert. He almost just, sat on him afterwards too. He should have. <laughs> he should. He should have done that. Remember when uh, Pippen dunked on Ewing and then just like walked right over him with like shoved his nuts. I in thought his he face? was gonna do that. It looked exactly the same. He should have, or just like pointed at him, like uh, Sean Kemp back on the day. Do something, yeah, man. There wasn't enough emotion there. There wasn't enough time. It's because he needed a technical foul. They'd, there. Like, they'd probably give him a flagrant. <laughs> this NBA man. Yeah, it's true. Talk about having to sit the next game. Uh, okay, now hold on a second. The reviews right now are completely ridiculous, too. Like, the fact yeah. that these reviews are taking longer somehow this year. What is going on? And they're going, how did they not fix this yet? The NHL does not, doesn't have this problem. Like, how does the NBA have this problem? And they're, like, going straight it's, to Secaucus. What is this? It's And then all you see is a bunch of people in Secaucus that are, like, talking to each other. <laughs> 
and not actually looking at the play. They're like, and then five minutes break. later, the ref goes back to the scoring table and goes back on the mic. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, just fix this shit already. Nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> they're on their lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably have pre-recorded segments. Like, the game is, like, at the intro, right? They're just eating, and then that's what they show a little clip of. Like, it's, it is ridiculous. It, this is a problem when you have people who are very disconnected with a what fans want to see b with what the league is about like obviously like you want to make sure you get the right call but if you're looking at the play for three four minutes and you can't come to a decision stick with the decision on the court plain and simple it it should be something that should be like a clear oh yeah like you didn't make any contact no foul ball awarded to the defensive team move on like let's just talk about that later because it's going to be an issue the whole year. Um, I'm going to solve this right now. Either no replays, which is not going to happen, or 30-second shot clock. You look at it, or Sakakis tells them what's happening within 30 seconds. Yes. Done. Yeah. 30 seconds. That's it. Done. Yeah. Putting putting a I, clock on the review is key. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, but going back to the Timberwolves, Josh, you're, uh, you're very much an assist man. You basically gave all the reasons why they're a surprise team or playing well, but you also gave all the reasons why this probably won't last the entire year. Um, first and foremost, of course, Ant has made the leap. Big Ant fan here. Uh, of course, I think he's one of the more underrated stars in this league, but they are, I don't even say an injury away, but Jaden McDaniels is so important to that team um, that if they lose him, then I think this could be a team that goes from being a top four seed, maybe four or five seed to maybe being a eight, nine seed. Um, and I think, against- yeah, but you can say that about any team. Yeah, but, and, and they've Kyle Anderson on the bench. He's solid, man. He's solid, but he's good as a, in the backup role. The other thing too, as well is Mike Connolly. I think he's good in the role he's in, but I think. They probably could benefit from having one more really good ball handler. Cause I, I can foresee a situation just with the volume that Ant is playing, um, and him being kind of really the, the ignition to the entire offense that teams will lock in on him or either make him score 50 and shut everyone else down every night. And he's capable, but it's, it's not something that's sustainable. And if they do want to take that leap, like I don't think, unfortunately, uh, uh, Walker Alexander is, uh, sorry, Alexander, Nikhil Alexander Walker is the solution. Um, NWA. Yeah, exactly. But they, <laughs> Shake Milton, maybe, but again, not enough of like getting others involved. They really do need another guard to help that team. And, uh, again, I, th- I think another thing is like Jaden McDaniels is, yes, you say they have a lot of good wings, but he is the wing they need. They, he played like 43 minutes or something against the Celtics. It's cool, man. They have uh, the best big man shooter ever who who throws like the wildest assists or like, you know, passes to nobody into the crowd. It's fine. <laughs> They'll be perfectly okay with Cat just turning the ball over constantly. Jaden McDaniels played 45 minutes in an overtime game. That's crazy. What's wrong with that? You're gonna run him into the ground. He's he's like your only it's an, true it's an wing defender. Game. 
It's an overtime. Yeah, he's year. like twenty three. He's so young. Yeah. What are you talking about? Tatum played forty three minutes, and Tatum's older. Yeah, but does he? Yeah, but Tatum also plays like twenty two minutes when they play Washington. So, what are you getting at? <laughs> I'm saying, you think that rest time really matters? Yeah, I think so. I again, I like he's playing a lot of minutes. He's coming off an injury. They were managing his minutes earlier this year, but. Again, he's one injury away, and I think this team is completely different without him. Obviously, we can say that about Jokic and Giannis, and but this is not like this is your fifth player on your team. Like he's like you have Ant, Cat, Rudy, then probably Jaden McDaniel's in terms of like importance. Nas Reed, you know, <laughs> team's third third leading scorer. Just saying, Nas Reed man, deserves a shout out. Nas, man, he's been nice this year. He's in been twenty nice as a career, in twenty three point eight minutes per game, he's averaging fifteen point seven on this team. Those are efficient ass scoring numbers, man. Whew. That's he all I can play. Say. He should play more. He should play more than Cat. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably stays on the court longer. <laughs> Yo, Cat is a one C star, probably top like 30, 40 player in the league. Name them off. Go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> LeBron, Anthony <laughs> Day. Yeah. Josh, would you rather have Cat? Would you say Cat or Siakam is a better star player? <laughs> Siakam. Yeah, thank you. Oh, man. I know it depends on the kind that. of team you're building, obviously, this, but if you're trying to win, then Siakam. This guy betrayed if you're trying to win. Cat, man. I can't believe you betrayed <laughs> I'm him. I'm out on Cat now. I can't believe I'm out on him. I can't believe you betrayed him. What, what happened? What tipped you off? Him being on my fantasy team the last two years. <laughs> Come on, man. That's it. That's all the tips. That's listen to Josh. If you're trying to win, if you're trying to, what type of team? If you're trying to win, then yeah. What 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 are the other options? Some teams are not in the business of winning, my friend. They are in the business of making money. And to be honest, even the teams who are in the business of winning aren't very good at it. Like, picture the Timberwolves after Kevin Garnett and basically before Andrew Wiggins. Like, that whole Kevin Love (laughs) era, that's basically what Cat is doing now. Except Kevin Love was a lot nicer to watch play ball. Cat's just real, like, he's like, he's big, he's lumbering. It's not as smooth as watching Kevin Love in his prime play ball. And he's playing out of position, too. Like, if he was actually playing center, I'm sure he'd be putting up better stats. But the fact they're playing him out in the wing, like, it just <laughs> doesn't make any sense besides just being huge, you know, defensively, I guess. But And it worked against Denver, so maybe they have something there, you know? Maybe they're the one team that can slow Denver down. Oh, my God, Josh. Are you from Minnesota? <laughs> I'm from a very cold place, yeah. which is like, you know, Minnesota in Canada, right? It's like yeah. the Canada version Same, of Minnesota, same. So. Yo, Minnesota is actually a higher... Uh... Latitude than Toronto is, so you know they are the North. Well, there you go. And they stole that, you know, they stole that from Minnesota. Minnesota wanted to use. That. I think they might have used that before Toronto. Uh, I think did. they used it the year after Toronto started using mm-hmm. it. Hilariously, so I went to the Raptors uh, season opener against Minnesota, and their whole like marketing campaign this year was, "We are the North." Just because you have a higher latitude doesn't mean that we are not the North. Kind of. That, we are that like that was on the shirt like we <laughs> are on, the north it was something along those lines like that type of messaging 
Oh. Like the North is ours. Whoever wins or, this like, game whatever. is the North. Huh? And Toronto won. So whoever won the game is the North, and Toronto won the game. So Toronto's the North. So they played for the North, huh? They played for the North. That's a shame. Uh, but yeah, so what do you think? Raj, if I'm hearing this correctly, you're not high on this team because you think Jaden McDaniels is like the most important player. So if they were to like move Cat for some for another like stretch four, would you be happier with this team? I don't know if Cat will get them what they need to make them a, a true contender in the West. I, I, I love Ant. I think that over the course of his career, he's going to be a prolific top five player. Um, I truly believe in him. I just don't think having Rudy as a centerpiece or one of the centerpieces of your team is a long-term solution just because he gives you very little offensively um, and teams can really play off of him. And when they do play off of him, it really makes it harder for your other four guys on the court to get spacing, to score. And even then, when Rudy has an advantage, has a mismatch, he's on a, a guy who's 6'5", 6'6", in the post, he can't capitalize consistently. And um, I think that is a bigger issue than Cat or Jin McDaniels as well. But I think this current team right now, you just are relying on Ant a little too much. And I think defensively, you're ask, you're going to ask Jaden McDaniel to pretty much play 40 minutes a game for the entire season. Oh, wow. I never thought I'd hear you I say I think that's it. overdoing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think your Jaden McDaniel's, you know, thought process here is being clouded by the last game that they played. He's not going to play 40 minutes a game. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. This is a lot of praise for like for the fourth option on a team. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not saying he's like, he's gonna be the MVP of their team. I'm saying like it's just it's. I think they need him defensively because when you play with those two bigs, you really need a a ball stopper on the wing. Like uh, it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We've been talking about the parallels between Minnesota and Toronto, and he basically is Minnesota's OG, right? He's got to be the guy that's on the court at all times because he just shuts down everybody, just like OG. Hey, OG is going somewhere, so we could talk about that when we get closer to the trade <laughs> deadline or somewhere. But for what five first round picks? No, thank you. Masai, Masai better OG Masai, is going nowhere. Yeah, Masai better change that that price before if he, he can move OG. Man, that guy is not going anywhere for that price. Should know better. I'm just surprised that you don't care about fourth men on other teams so much. Like, is Contavious Caldwell Pope playing too much for you, too? He ain't playing 40 minutes a game, that's for sure. (laughs) Jaden McDaniels played 40 minutes in one game (laughs) in an overtime (laughs) game. Raj is quite worried. I I would be if I was the Timberwolves. Oh my god, man. Raj is going to make him rest for like four games after this. They should if they want to go somewhere in their life. But <laughs> I, enough with Minnesota, Milwaukee. That's too much of the North. Let's just talk about one other team, and we've touched upon it in the preview, but Memphis is bad. Wow, I was going like, to talk about Memphis. How did you know? That's incredible. Well, you, you prefaced it in the beginning. So oh you, you know what? God. I'm going to let you have your monologue, Peter. Take oh it away. Oh, my God. Yeah, did either of you think that Memphis would be this bad, losing to Portland and Washington? Like, just just take that in. These are going to be the two worst teams in the league. 
Like, they, they are the two teams that everyone's guaranteed to be tanking this year. And Memphis somehow lost to both of them. They're not. Jared Jackson is a good player in theory. He just, I'm not blaming him, but like, it's just, he, him and Desmond Bain are clearly not the guys that are going to carry your team. Like, they just, it's not that they're not, like, Desmond Bain has been playing decent overall. Like, he's been really carrying that team. Um, but I just think, like, at a certain point when you are, like, now the number one and two options on a team, like, you just can't lose to Washington. You just have to take over. And especially if you're as good as Jaron Jackson is, you got to play a bit better. And, um, and yeah, like, they're just not good. They're not fun to watch. I don't think you can, like, say, like, there's one single reason they lost. But, obviously, John Morant not being there is huge. But, oh, they're, they're not good. <laughs> Raj A. Bayless over here. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. What a take that oh was. Oh my god. I love god. it. I love it. This is You're blaming the two best players on the team when can you name three players off their bench that have been playing consistent minutes? Uh Almada? Off their bench? He's or... played one game. He's literally yeah, he's played one game and played twenty minutes. That doesn't count. And he also yeah, no. He played in the one game okay. and they won. <laughs> okay. I, I've I've watched them because I have a few fantasy players. Luke Kennard. He's played in a couple games, but he's been injured too. Okay. Um, but he wasn't very good. Derek when he Rose. Played. Derek Rose. Same. He again injured. Yeah. Then um, Tillman is injured now, but he was their starting center. Yeah. Uh, they have that <laughs> other guy. Uh, Lofton's barely played. Roddy. Uh, Roddy. Big body. Yeah, they played a guy named uh, Jacob Gilliard last game. <laughs> so, oh, and they have Bismack now. They did start Bismack. But it's just going to my point. Like, they just don't have enough around them. And, like, last year they actually had, I mean, the last couple of years, they've always had supporting players who are like, these guys are solid dudes, you know? That's and true. they thought that their young players would step up this year, like first-year guys that are now second-year guys. And they just haven't done it. Like, Laravia's not playing anymore. Zaire Williams, he started the year okay, but in the last couple of games, he's been very much a miss. And they just don't have enough around those three guys. Like, Marcus Smart is your third best player right now. So that's not ideal, right? There's so many talented teams in the West right now, it's hard to get away with. I mean, the core of, like, John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson is one of the best cores in the NBA but they had a bunch of guys around them and now they don't because they've either traded them away with like, you know, DeAnthony Melton or Brandon Clark got injured. So you just have a lot of uncertainty around the team. And this, this is honestly might be the year where they might be better off just sort of tanking no unintentionally. Way. No way that they tank. No way. No. I'm not saying they're going to tank. I'm saying they're going to do it unintentionally because they might be so bad by the time John Morant gets back that they might just say, all right, let's bring them along really slowly. And then as the year progresses, be like, all right, maybe he's going to be out with a couple injuries. And it's... then you're what? Yeah. You get but... to do the math here. Like, wait, by the time he gets back, they're going to be what? Like, six and. 19. What? 19? <laughs> if they're lucky. Yeah. Maybe they win 10 games or 10 and 15. And then you just do the math of like get them getting in the playoffs, like the top six seeds. It's pretty tough, right? They might be in the play in, but. Is that the position you really want to be in? 
I don't know. I think they're in a good position financially. They have all their draft picks. So if you had a lottery pick to that, then you can come back next year fresh and hopefully John Brand is head and his shoulders and you can come back and have something even more special. I, I, I don't see it just because they've had so much success as a young team um, and they want to continue to try to play winning basketball and they want their players to continue to develop. Of course, staying healthy is super important and I like... I, I get it. Like, I don't think they're going to be blowing up their team or making a drastic move at the end of or near the end of the trade deadline to to make an upgrade. But I, I still think. Over- I think you have to do that, though. Like, by the way you're thinking, I think that you have to do something major if you're going to get back into the thick of things this year. Like, you have to make a four first round pick for OG type of trade or else you may just be out of it based on the math right now. Hmm. Yeah, and and but I I think they might just kind of ride it out and try to win as many games as they can with their team, and let the young guys develop, um, knowing that hey, like this year was a bit of a write off because Jaw got injured. They have a few other injuries. Um, their depth isn't as good. And then the year after, like you're still trying to win games. You're still developing, playing together. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart is another year older. He'll probably have a less and less role as his career progresses, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see them pressing the panic button. And I also don't see them shutting it down because they want to create a winning culture to that point. I, I do think you, you do have a bit of a limited window, especially when you have three players who have now, like when you look at John Moran, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. If you go into next year, that's their fourth year as like a solid core three going into next year. And it's hard to keep a, a core three that's that young and good together. So I think they just try to ride it out. They try to win as many games. And if there is a small trade that is a first round draft pick and then get some extra depth or a, another wing player, that's great. But we'll see. Go get Danny Green. Oh my God. They Danny Green just got waved, right? The street. Yeah. yeah. What other old guys can they pick up? Rosan Rondo? Bring back Melo out of retirement? DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, get him off of Showtime Basketball, talking to Rachel Nichols all the time, and get him oh, on the God. court. DeMar- hey, maybe he'll teach uh, Jaron Jackson how to rebound. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Wishful thinking. It is, very but much yeah. so. But, but they're also hard to watch. Like, it's it's literally just Bane running yeah. around trying to find a shot. <clears throat> it's it's awful. Yeah, I um, I've I've watched a couple of the games, and it's been rough to say the least and now that Derek Rose is out too it's just even worse and no Tillman you're basically watching Desmond Bain Jackson Smart Zaire Williams Biombo. and like body big Biombo. body Roddy the whole time I can see this team being the panic trade team that trades for Jeremy Grant oh like you look around the NBA and them you know, a lot of people talking about, like, where's Grant going to go? Like, this is one of the teams that makes sense, right? Mm. So I could see them getting him for pretty cheap based on his contract, and then you're stuck with him for five years, $160 million. Yeah, but, no, but I, I, I think that's, like, it doesn't work with them. Because they have so many young bigs, and, yes, they'll have to give up something to, to get him. So, like, that might take care of that issue. But why would you want to lock in $150 million plus? When you know that Bain, John, ja, and Jaron Jackson are going to be up for renewal at some point in the next two years. 
Well, most of those guys are already locked in, though, right? And they're trying to win now. So I think to go from where they are right now to the next level up, which is like real contention, they are going to have to trade for one of these guys like Jeremy Grant, yeah. like OG. Like that's the player type yeah. they need, right? OG yeah. more than so, Grant, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is why I think like if they're going to make an offer for somebody, it should be OG. And they may have to make like the Kings offer for him because I don't think Toronto wants to trade him still. I think Toronto would rather keep him and then trade, uh, trade Siakam. Yo, get so. Siakam on this team. Probably rebounds better than Jaron Jackson anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd fit no. very well on this team. <laughs> no. No, he wouldn't. But, and I mean, someone else could rebound. That's all I'm thinking about right now. And play defense. Barely. I mean, he'd be a, a, a way step up from Zaire Williams is what I'm trying to get at. Yes, Zaire Williams is true. not developing the way that they hoped they would. So it's tough, man. You lose uh, two of your like top big guys, and Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark lose Ja for obviously for twenty five. Lose Tyus Jones and Anthony Melton over the span of two years. You're shit out of luck, man. It's tough. Tyus it's Jones tough. was huge too. Like yeah. obviously, he he was like the. Uh, he was the Fred Van Vliet to their second unit when Fred Van Vliet was the second unit guy. Uh, he just made that whole kind of second unit tick. And it's important to have guards that can really distribute the ball, know how to put it in other players' hands, and get the most out of second unit guys that probably won't get many playoff minutes, but they can give you some valuable production in the regular season. Just lead. Just lead. All right, it's enough of this depressing-ass talk. Josh, give me some stats, Corner. Well, going back to some very depressing-ass talk. Um, this was going into the game against Milwaukee. Uh, Julius Randle was shooting 27.6% this season, which is the worst through five games by any player with at least 75-plus attempts since this player in the year 2000, the year of our Lord. And this player played for many different teams, um, and she's most known for dating a, um, a celebrity who we're not 100% sure that he did date, but there was a whole altercation between him and a teammate based on who was actually dating this person. And uh, there were some issues back in the day, back in the 90s. I think it was Tony Braxton, if I'm not mistaken. Tony Braxton? What the hell? Uh... Well, if Tony Braxton was dating this person or his other other NBA player who Josh was Yeah, I think it to. was uh, between him and uh, it might have been Jason Kidd. How do I not know this? How do I not know this story? Um, is it Ricky Davis? It is not, no. It's a wing player, I'm assuming? Mid-2000s or full It is wing a wing players. player, yes. Yes. He was on a high-powered uh, <laughs> Dallas team that I think had Jason Kidd and Jamal. Michael and Finley? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Peter was Shaw. <laughs> I was like, what? Not my Michael Finley. Couldn't have been Van Exel. I... Nope. I have no, no idea. Stack? Peter, anybody? JJ. J- Jim Jackson? <laughs> Jim Jackson. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Uh, Low-key Jim Jackson, great commentator, though. He is. He is very good. Uh, yeah, I could listen to that guy talk ball all day. Excellent voice, excellent delivery, just good stuff from Jim Jackson. He studied. 
Actually, I was I was right. It is Jason Kidd, and there's a story out there between uh, you know Jim Jackson and Jason Kidd fighting over Tony Braxton. Incredible. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up. Incredible. Oh. I'm going to listen to Unbreak My Heart afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I have one more for you guys, quickly. <laughs> yeah. Can you name... The highest catch-and-shoot effective field goal percentage shooters with a minimum of 20 field goal attempts via the catch-and-shoot thus far this season. Now, should I name the teams? Because it's going to be difficult, obviously, with it being you know five games of the year or six games of the year. And any catch-and-shoot, not threes. I mean, these are probably just threes because that's the way the game's played nowadays. Right. So, catch-and-shoot, give... it's going to be three-point shots. Okay, Grant Williams. Uh, he's number nine. Seventy-five percent effective field goal percentage, Whoa. which is very Did good. Did not expect that. Uh, give me stuff. I'm not just gonna go with these big dogs. Yeah, number three, eighty-six point four. <laughs> oh my god! Pretty good. <laughs> it's crazy that two players better than that so far. Kevin Durant. One of them you're definitely not gonna get. <laughs> Kevin Actually, Durant. you know what? Let me give you a hint. Let's just see if you get this. Toronto. No, Raj just said KD. Hold on, hold on. No, no, oh. no. Okay. Sorry, you said Toronto? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's shocking. Um, can't Scotty be Scotty. Jones. No. Can't be OG. Who said Schroeder? Me. Yeah, you're correct. Number two, <laughs> 89.1%. MVP. On the catch and shoot. Oh, wait. I forgot. Ahead of Siakam, Schroeder. <clears throat> <laughs> this is very true. I, I was pause, pause, pause. I remember I was watching the Rabs broadcast, and Matt Devlin was like Snyder with the rebound, and then he's like, <laughs> and I'm like the disrespect on the best basketball player in the world. <laughs> okay, Snyder. <laughs> oh, Rob Schneider really getting some love out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he corrected himself like no joke. I I noticed, and it took him like. A good minute. He's like, I met Schroeder, right? <laughs> Schroeder, and he's like, Schroeder, Schneider, like he's playing so good or some crazy thing like that. Uh, but yes, Maddie number two. Devlin had one of the funniest calls of all time in his first or second season with the Raptors when Peja was on the team. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Peja hit a three, Devlin was like Punjabi. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> There's no way. Yes, I swear to God. <laughs> You've not seen this? Uh, no. <laughs> have you seen this, Raj? No. No, we're going to have to look that oh up Oh, my later. goodness. Uh, anyways, oh my back God. to this. <laughs> it's, a Paul... it's hard to come back from that. Is Paul George on uh, this list? No, he is not. You want to do one more guess each, and then I'll give you the, I'll give you the teams anyway? Sure. Uh, Raj, what do you got here? You got, some, you got a nice player here? Catch and shoot. <clears throat> I almost want to say Kyrie, but he hasn't played enough. Uh, no. Cam Thomas? No, he'd be number one in off the dribble shooting probably right now. <laughs> All right, hints. Not catch and shoot, though. Uh, OKC? Dort? No. Good guess, but no. Chet? He's been killing it, though. Chet Holmgren, 92.9. Number one in the league so far. Loves those corners. Wow. Yeah, he's been nice so far this yeah. year. Um, 
Detroit basketball P-O-T. bench player. Alec Burks. There you go. 78.6%. Why are you fucking around And here? lastly, the uh, second best offense in the NBA, which is your Indiana Pacers. Buddy. A lot of options here. Buddy? Hmm? Probably not. Nope. Uh, who else is on Indy? It's not Bruce Brown. It is Bruce Brown. Look at Raj. Wow. I was cleaning the board here. 78.6%. And to round out the top 10, you got Grayson Allen. Um, Finney Smith has gone up to a hot start. Hero. And Kawhi Leonard, 72%. Yeah. I knew Kawhi Leonard. was there. Wow. Man, he was killing it against the Lakers. In wow. The first half. And uh, just quickly, uh, the bottom three. Chicago Bulls is number one, or bottom number, I guess, no, no, bottom first. So, who would be number one in terms of uh, Chicago? Levine? DeMar? No. Nope. Patrick Williams? Nope. Surprisingly, no. It's a good guess. Voot? He's awful. No way, it's Voot. You're missing one starter. Kobe White. (laughs) Uh, There you go. 30%. Uh, Voot is actually second worst, so 31.8%. And then Sacramento Kings. This one's a surprise one. Keegan Murray. Yes, thirty-four point six percent. I'm not sure what's going on there. He just that takes bad done, shots. Man. Yeah, he just takes not bad shots. He takes shots that he shouldn't take, and then he passes up shots he should take. Second year slump. It's okay. He'll learn. Still young, man. That's like not even twenty yet, or he's around twenty. Let him. Let him make his mistakes. Come on now. Oh man, good good stuff, Raj. Good uh, good job on stats corner. Killed it, bro. I'm cleaning cleaning house just like our NBA uh, fantasy league this year. Wow, wow, Josh, you hear that declaration of war? It's happening. It's happening. From yo, give me Lamar every week. Last give me first, Lamar man. every week. <laughs> All right, and on that note, I'm gonna call it here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. Five-star reviews, good comments, please, and thank you very much. We're on all the socials. I'm talking TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, X. X, Josh, X. I hope you're still on it. I am there. Let me take us out, actually. Ready? 17 points coming from your turnover. Good job, Replay it, replay it. With 17 points coming from Eternal. Punjabi! As Peja drills it! You gotta add that at the very end. Sure, alright, peace.